What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Two Buck Chuck and You Fucked What? I'm Adrian, as always, here with my co-host Paul. Let's get Big Factin'. Let's get No Cap'n. Big Facts No Cap. Hello. Hello. Is anybody here? Hello. It's Medea Adrian. <laughs> Have um, we started an episode like that yet? Or is it, do we just do phone calls like that? <laughs> I don't know if we've ever done that on pod. Oh, man. Oh, speaking of um, investigations and criminal investigations. <laughs> um, Adnan Saeed is getting his uh, court date this Monday. No. Or last Monday for the people listening to this episode. So uh, I think sometimes when people talk about people with uh, harsh stances on the police, they'll be like, oh, well, let's see who you call next time you need, like, you know, someone to, like, you know, protect you or whatever. Uh, Dorley really put her money where her mouth is this week. She uh, she vigilante justice to get her uh, wallet back from a guy who stole it. Oh, shit. Stole is the right word, but it's kind of a weird. Like it was somebody she knew. So it was. A more approachable crime to investigate and solve. It was me. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, no, apparently she like dropped her wallet outside of her house, which is a very Dorley thing to do. So the guy picked it up from outside. I, I don't know if that's stealing. That's not like pickpocketing, but he took something that wasn't his. Um, and because like she could tell from the charges that were fraudulent that like the guy was literally probably someone living in that neighborhood. She was able to get CCTV camera from a uh, market that he went to and like was able to verify, like, who the guy was. And then she figured out that he was probably based on the descriptions from the people at, like, the two places where he bought stuff. Um, and apparently one of the weird things about the story is that what made Dorley extra mad is that he spent, like, $140 at an Arco gas station. And when she asked about it, the guys were like, oh, yeah, he bought, like, a bunch of cartons of cigarettes. And she was like, and that's when I got really mad. He can't, he shouldn't be <laughs> buying cigarettes with my money. <laughs> Which is such a weird moralizing way to do that, but I don't know. But good on her. Um... So they figured out there was most likely an unhoused person, and so she was able to go to where she knows that they congregate near her neighborhood, and they were able to find the guy and confront him. And he just gave it back? He basically denied for a while, and then eventually was just like, all right, yeah, here's your stuff back. And he slipped out the debit card, not, you know, I guess not realizing that she had already canceled it, but um, he thought he was being sly with that one. But yeah. Oh, that sucks that it was on her debit card, because she, it's going to be harder to get that money back. As oh, no, she's already got the money back. Oh, nice. I've had this issue, too, where, weirdly enough, it's like a yearly thing where my credit card and debit card get compromised, and Wells Fargo is, Wells Fargo is pretty good at, like, as soon as you uh, submit the report, they'll get the money back to you and get it sorted out. Is your SSN somewhere online? Is your password, like, Adrian123? Is that the problem? No, no, it's definitely the card thing. It's not, like, my online account. It's, gotcha. uh, yeah, something about the cards where... And somehow, like, every week after that happens, Tim's rolling around in a brand new pair of Gucci slippers. I'm like, how'd you <laughs> afford is, that? The charges are always at the Gucci store, too. <laughs> He's got uh, some Gucci flip-flops. But that's unrelated. I don't know why I brought that up, Paul. Unrelated. She had Zach confront the guy because she was too angry at him to talk to him reasonably. <laughs> um, and uh, after the encounter, she made sure to tell him that he was a bad person. That was her big slam. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I, it's an unhoused person. Like, there's no way they're... 
I was making jokes about Dorley gaining a taste for killing unhoused people. <laughs> yeah, there's no way somebody living on the streets is internalizing her moral message of being a bad person. Well, no, she said he was a bad person because of the cigarettes, not because of the card theft thing. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> also, it is Portland, so an unhoused person might just be a, somebody on their year off doing urban camping. Okay, so back on pod. Yesterday, I was at a Father John Misty concert, and not to make myself sound like a hero, Adrian, but like a few people down in the crowd from us, a girl passed out, and I saw her friends like- Oh, this is like, like how hot Father John Misty is? No, I think a couple people passed out in the crowd, so my friend's theory was that somebody was handing out bad drugs. Because mm. um, baby, now we got bad drugs. Yeah, and then I see her friends, like, waving to the security, not, like, like, there was, like, one person holding her, and then her friend was trying to jump and wave to security, but it wasn't that crowded a crowd, like, you could clearly just It was also his most hyped song, too, so the (laughs) security was like, hey, come on, get down, girl. (laughs) So it was, like, one of those moments where I was like, I I was definitely gonna just stand there and watch it happen, and I was like, wait. This is definitely a bystander effect where everybody's going to just stand here and be like, what the yeah. hell are they doing? Jumping so I'm like, wait, I should not be the bystander. So I ran up and got the security guard. So I don't want to call yeah. myself a hero, but they did get there shortly after that. Did die out. later that night, too, <laughs> regardless. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. If I was like an insufferable white person, I would do that thing where I get her contact info from her friends and I'd be like, please let me know how she is. No, my god! Like, want to follow up on it? You know how like some mm-hmm. people really want like th- they couldn't just like full report, do their little bit, and then get out of the situation. They'd be like, "Now this is my thing." Mm. Uh, any other uh, roundup of anything or anything cool? My media roundup. Check out Patient with Steve Carell. It is a very good, uh, like a, a spooky show. Every episode is basically a bottle episode, so. Mm. Don't go into it if you really like, like, tons of plot movement. I saw people complaining about that on Reddit. I was like, I wonder what other people think of this show. Reddit, you know, Google Reddit, the patient. It's like the- If you want to know what people thought about it, why would you go to Reddit? That's true. I want to know what insults and uh, the generally antisocial- <laughs> The generally antisocial- I wanted to know what the generally antisocial and stupid thought of it, so I went on Reddit- do not get from episode one that this was going to be the concept of the show maybe like episode two but by then the concept was very clear that every episode was going to be a bottle episode about discussion and like there wasn't going to be tons of movement and action and it was so funny to see people complain be like not much happened it's like yeah get like strap in that's pretty much clearly what this show has been uh implying it's gonna be since the beginning yeah I remember when I checked the subreddit for Black Mirror in episode two, and people were like, what happened to the pig fucker? Where is he? (laughs) I thought we were going to go through his adventures in Life and Times of Pig Fucker. (laughs) Oh, it was going to be like a Cruella thing where it turns out a pig killed his mother, and that's why he wanted to humiliate it on television. She got swine flu. Oh, that's funny. That's funny, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's get to the theme. All right. Two Buck Chuck, R.I.P. Two Buck Chuck. Balling on a budget. Balling on a budget. Oh, yeah, I guess this one comes with a colon, so. Or I, I think of it more as parentheses when the artist puts the actual title of the song in parentheses. Oh, like it's featuring? Not featuring, but more like this is what we're actually talking about, but we clearly have like a a more specific or abstract thing, like two butt chucks. Mm, 
But like balling on a budget is a theme. You know what I mean? Okay, I got you. I got you. So, Paul, you're the one who uh, came up with this idea. Why don't you take us through it? Okay, two buck trucks. You know, you know, two buck trucks. Do I have to tell the people about two buck trucks? Yeah, because it's not even two bucks anymore. That's yeah, I know. Work. Very confusing. Hasn't been two bucks since like the nineties. No, it was two bucks when you were working at Trader Joe's, right? Was it already two ninety nine then? I think it was still two ninety nine on the West Coast. It was uh, or it was one ninety nine on the West Coast. It was two ninety nine on the East Coast. Okay, because I remember yeah, I at least when it was like two ninety nine. Okay, well, I think NPR said it better than I ever could in review of Two Buck Trucks. Fred Franzia, the iconoclast businessman who turned the wine industry on its head with his inexpensive Charles Shaw label, better known as Two Buck Chuck, died on Tuesday at his home in Denier, California. He was 79. R.I.P. Great man. R.I.P. Make it accessible to the people. Core to his belief was a vision that wine should be enjoyed and consumed by every American table. The statement said, but Mr. Franzia, like his wines, was more down to earth. When asked how he could sell wine for less than a bottle of water, he famously replied, they're overcharging for water, don't you get it? Mr. Franzia's unorthodox business practices rattled many in the wine industry. He did not care. Take that and shove it, Napa, he said in a 2009 profile in The New Yorker. Yeah. After selling his four millions, after selling his four hundred millions bottle of Charles Shaw, he acquired the Charles Shaw label in two thousand two after it went bankrupt in ninety five, and he started selling it exclusively at Trader Joe's for one ninety nine. In some cities, it now costs up to three ninety nine, and the one ninety nine price is what gave it the affectionate nickname Two Buck Chuck. Two Buck Chuck. So yeah, there you go. In fact, this NPR article got it wrong because I bought mine for four fifty. Really? Yeah. Damn dog. Sheesh. Sheesh. I think it's still two ninety nine in our uh, Trader Joe's, which was it's still very reasonable. And honestly, Franzia. Uh, by the way, he he sold the Franzia wine label. He doesn't own that. He sold that to Coca Cola. Seems like the coolest fucking guy in the world. Can I say like in all unironic sense that yeah. this write up on his desk is like actually I'm like. Shit, like there's just great people out there. Like, goddamn, this is a this is a real in memoriam to him. This is not in any like sense ironic or disparaging to what seems like a great man. Also, ballin' on a budget. This man made ballin' on a budget accessible to all of us. We can have a fine wine experience. Dude, democratize wine, man. One of the snootiest uh things there is. Yeah. Hell here, here, man. I'll toast to that. So we did both buy a bottle of uh two buck trucks. Should we go uh grab our bottles? uncork them and have a have a little sip all right let's do a little uh wine tasting over here so uh charles shaw still uses a cork even though um you know cheap wine usually has the association with like a twist off but it's a cork based you have to open it with a wine opener a lot of uh so i've got the red blend here and uh very jammy on the nose very uh fruit forward i'm also drinking the red blend some very like dark berry uh notes yeah, anything else? Anything else? Like that? It's definitely a medium body wine. Yeah, fruit forward, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely New World uh, grape varietal. Well, you know where he grows on. That's not a fair. <laughs> <laughs> Napa region. All right, you ready for the first sip? Yeah. Cheers, Cheers my friend. Cheers, brother. I know it wins awards because people do really like it, but it is a... You know what? I know this wine has been talked about a lot, so anything I say could sound foolish because if it's not the general consensus, it just means I'm wrong. But is it a little acidic to you? 
it's a little acidic. I think maybe you need to let it breathe for a little bit. I think we're going to, I'm going to drink the rest of that bottle a little bit later in the episode. But it is good. It is a good wine. Perfectly serviceable. I'll tell you what, it's like my ex. It's got legs. Well, your ex that had legs, not the one who had that horrible shark attack incident. You leave Becky out of this. <laughs> All right, we got to call the uh, second, we got we to gotta talk about the second half of this theme. Yeah, Okay. So, we drank Charles Shaw, and look at us experiencing a highbrow, getting to experience a highbrow activity without paying the premium. Oh, I guess that's the other story I can tell is, uh, I worked at Trader Joe's, I sold a lot of Charles Shaw, it was every old person who would come in and buy like six cases of it every week and be like, you know, once you're on the third glass, it tastes like every other wine or whatever <laughs> is like the way they would defend themselves for drinking it. And I was like, hey brother, I don't care, man, I bring, I, I buy it after the shift too, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Okay, balling on a budget. Do you have any tips where, like, this cheap thing is basically exactly like this expensive thing? It's a great substitute. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of relearning the ways of budgeting just because of how expensive everything's getting now. Mm. Whereas I had, a, like, had a nice, cool period where I could kind of, you know, I can afford a little something here or there. Uh, and then in undergrad, uh, I was doing pretty well financially because South Carolina's cheap. And I had, a, a, I had a, two jobs and got scholarship money. So I was able to ball out a little bit with a budget. So yeah, balling with a budget, I think it's more of a recent phenomenon for me, and I'm learning the ways of my very frugal roommate to do so. Learning about going to, uh, what I used to make fun of my old roommate for, um, essentially what would happen is we had a five-person household, he would go shopping every week, buy whatever was on sale, put it in our fridge, and then charge people on Venmo for it, and then what I would do is basically do a second shopping trip on top of that just to like actually have the stuff that I want so like we'd have like a loaf of bread in there that was like a dollar or whatever because it was on sale and I would use that sometimes but I was like okay but I also need to like get the stuff that I want to eat yeah on a regular basis and that was just like you could eat however much of that food you wanted did anybody ever get salty like no it was totally just yeah yeah, the only thing that ever got the only thing that ever got kind of messy was with allergens and stuff and like putting a peanut butter knife and then using it in the jelly jar. And, you know, one of our roommates had a lot of allergies and stuff like that. But no, yeah, people, you would basically like buy in $20 to get a bunch of extra food in the fridge. Hey, that is a good way to ball on a budget is uh yeah. is bulk purchase for, for the group. Yeah. yeah, it definitely worked out. I think I ate a lot more bread than I do now uh, freshman year. I remember a lot of mornings just peanut butter and like jelly on toast. There were always tortilla chips in the house. That was really good. There were a lot there were a lot of nights in grad school first year where I was like, we got hummus in bulk, we got tortilla chips in bulk. One of my favorite things, I'll just eat that. <laughs> Anything that has a whole aisle is kind of nice because there's always one thing of it that's on sale. So if you don't care about what brand of frozen pizza you eat, when you go mm-hmm. to Publix, you can just find the frozen pizza that's on Boco that week mm-hmm. and get that one. That's actually literally what Tint did this morning. Yeah, he came back with a couple frozen pizzas for four bucks each. Yeah, it, it really is. If you don't care about the brand, Publix is a great place to shop because you just go to that aisle and pick whichever one is on Boco. Oh, baby, we got the king. We got a uh, grocery outlet, Bargain Market. Just It's like one of those the grocery store couldn't sell enough of it and there's a surplus so the store is just a rotating list of whatever is like in excess and they do do that thing and i've looked this up everything is basically marked with like what the original msrp is and then what their price is and a lot of times it's accurate there's like some stuff like the wine where like you're like 7.99 it used to be 60 dollars. no way and you look it up and you're like oh it retails for 7.99 how are they allowed to do that like (laughs) but for the most part they are like definitively cheaper than everywhere else and another great ballin' on a budget tip, something my parents did, is they knew somebody with a restaurant, 
So they were able to mm. get a Restaurant Depot card. Um, oh. Then they could shop at the Restaurant Depot, which is, like, very in-bulk quantity items. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you want to have, like, a shellfish boil or something for the family, you got to get on that Restaurant Depot shit. Like, that's yeah, the yeah. way to get, like, large quantity, high quality food for a pretty reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then coupons. I guess that's another way to ball in a budget. Uh I've never been a big coupon clipper. I like the digital age of it where you can just have a little card and like, you know, I go to CVS and I see the yellow tags and I'm like, oh, cool. I have the card. I can just give them my number and I get that cool price. I know it's ruining the housing economy in a lot of small towns and uh, like vacation cities like Asheville. But Airbnb, hate to say it, but you get way nicer houses than you live in or rent. Airbnb is a great way to kind of see how the other half lives sometimes. You feel like you're balling on a budget when you're in like this beautiful house. And you have it yeah. to yourself for like a couple days. I don't know how your recent house in Nashville was, but the time we went together was a it was a nice place. I think that's the best Airbnb I've ever had. Was the time we went together really? to Nashville. I thought that was Damn. such a beautiful house. Even the time before we went with Becca. No, no, that's the one I was thinking of. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I, I didn't. I wasn't even was thinking of the one we did recently. I was talking about the one we did um, mm-hmm. years and years ago. That was probably the best single house I've ever Airbnb at. I think I might be biased because in Guatemala, like the hotels are pretty expensive. So if you can get the Airbnbs right and you can get to them because sometimes directions are really hard. Some of those Airbnbs were spectacular, man. Yeah, there was actually a couple places in Lebanon that were similar. So, yeah, I get it. I know someone who's a uh, Airbnb landlord, not a fan, but. Yeah, it, it's it's a shitty service. But if you as a customer, if you're doing it infrequently, it does feel like living a, a step above what you usually live at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find them if you look for them. I mean, that's what balling on a budget is all about. There's Charlotte on the cheap. If you want to ball on a budget, that's a website that lists everything that you can do in Charlotte for free or for really reduced prices. They'll be like this weekend, you know, like the White Water Center is half off. This weekend, you can go to like Carowinds for this price. This weekend, there's cheap like chicken the city. Yeah, Charlotte on the cheap is basically cheap chicken the city. Yeah, there was a a thing this uh, weekend where for some reason museum tickets were free, so people were claiming those. Um, that is the big thing about it, though, right? Is like there, like couponing was like a good example of that. Where yeah. you put the extra effort in to save the money and do the like. You stole the words out of my mouth. There's the opportunity cost that people will talk about. Um. Okay. Cool. Do you want to get into articles? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this one is from the New York Times. I'm surprised I've never found this before, but it's a uh, Cheryl Strayed. Uh, who has the Dear Sugar um advice column that we brought in before, and Steve Almond. I don't know what his deal is, but apparently he works with her on this uh on this uh, column. So it's addressed to Dear Sugars. Here we go. Dear Sugars, my husband and I are both. You know what? I'm gonna pretend this person's from Texas, even though they're writing into the New York Times. Dear Sugars. Actually, do you have a uh, good impression of a Texan after being there for a while? Yeehaw! Dear Sugars! Alright. Dear Sugars, my husband and I are both 30. We've been married five years. Several months ago, we decided to begin the process of becoming homeowners. (laughs) After meeting with a mortgage broker who mentioned he'd be checking our credit reports, my husband was distraught. He soon confessed that he'd opened up credit card accounts without telling me, and he'd racked up $5,000 in debt. This might not seem like much, but my husband is a full-time college student paying his way with student loans that will have to begin repaying when he graduates next year. I'm employed full-time, but I also have student loan debt. 
and I make just enough to cover our expenses. My husband feels horrible about having accrued this debt, which we're now slowly paying off, but I'm still incredibly hurt. To make it worse, he spent every credit card penny on himself, buying music, books, and computer games. Before this, I never felt the need to police his behavior, but now I struggle to trust him. Recently, I've been noticing strange charges on our bank account and credit card statements. When I ask my husband about them, he claims each time that the bank or company has made a mistake and he calls to have the charges reversed. But I'm suspicious. I also found a letter from a bank denying my husband an increase in a credit limit he'd requested. Again, without telling me. We have a peaceful and affectionate relationship, but I fear that his spending addiction needs major treatment. I don't know that he has our economic well-being in mind or if he's willing to be my partner in making a good life in the long term. What's your advice, Sugars? First off, I'm a little shocked that we didn't call the number one method of falling on a budget debt. Hey, Literally what dude, drives okay, modern society, the concept what, of debt. Modern American society, can I say? I only found out no, about this all recently. all modern society. I found this out recently. Apparently in certain parts of the world, it is unheard of to like use credit to buy things. Like in certain parts of the world, like in the Balkans, like it's like, if it's very looked down upon to use credit to buy anything. Like, yeah, if that's you... personal debt, but like, I mean, company debt, like to run business oh, and stuff yeah, is okay. ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. It's like but the... we're talk- I, I thought we were meaning yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, personal, yeah, uh, private debt or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I wish instead of saying computer and video games, the list was music, books, video games, and candy. Because <laughs> we're spending all this on. You, you did a good job on the fly. You fixed the grammar in that article for them. Like, it was written incorrectly. And I saw you, like, do the little, like, computer calculation in your mind. Hey, I'm a grader. What can I say? That's what I'm doing all the time. What do you think? $5,000 in debt? They can get over this, right? Well, oh, no. This guy is straight up crazy. But uh, my <laughs> advice to her, like, in the very short term, this isn't my total advice, but she needs to check to make sure he hasn't opened up any lines of credit in her name. You know, I hate doing this because it, it was such an inconsequential show in my, like, real life. But isn't this part of the uh, How I Met Your Mother verse? Is that, like, Jason Siegel's wife took out a bunch of credit cards without him knowing? Oh, yeah. And and less people than I thought were like, oh, that makes her a bad person. Like, a legitimately very bad person. Oh, no, that's person. so evil. That's actually yeah. a horrible, horrible thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas their whole thing is that they're like the good couple in the show. So he's like, oh, I forgive you. We'll get through it oh, together. Oh, that show was really, really stupid. I hate it. Like, her character was straight up evil. Not even for that, like, multiple times in the show would just do, like, an unforgivable thing. And they would do this whole thing where she was forgiven by him for it. There's probably not, this probably isn't a good example, but the, the one that sticks out to me is when she has her black friend come into town and she immediately just starts using heavy A-A-V-E as a joke. Whoa, I need to rewatch that show. I forgot how fucking shitty yeah, you remember, was. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the episodes. Well, um, But anyway, moving off of How I Met Your Mother, your favorite show. Honestly, I'm less embarrassed. Ted Lasso. I was going to say, Ted Lasso less embarrassing than How I Met Your Mother. That's a recency bias. You're a recency bias, bitch. So you're saying just flat out, what are you saying, dump him, honey? Are you doing full-on dump him, honey? I don't know, but the guy's clearly still lied to her. It's so funny that she's like, I just don't know. Like, what do you mean? Obviously, you know. (laughs) Yeah, financial stuff like this is hard. Like, that's the number one reason people, maybe infidelity, but then also finances are like the number one people reason why people break up. It's it's messed up for you to be carrying the family along, and then he's basically just like having a side thing that's going to fuck you guys over. (laughs) 
um, that's like fueling his lifestyle that he wants to have as a college student at the age of 30. It is very funny that he's also a college student. Like, this guy's definitely a bad child. You're right about the candy mm-hmm. thing in more ways than it's just funny. Like, it does seem like part of the list. Mm-hmm. This isn't him. I don't know. What would, like, somebody who wasn't a baby boy be buying with this extra money? It's not like he's buying fine clothing and expensive vacations. Mm-hmm. He's buying video games and bullshit. Why are you putting your family in debt for books and video games? Torrent that shit if you can't afford it. Hey, you have an obligation to be a pirate, my my bruh. In this situation, if your addiction is leading you to ruin your marriage, it's okay to torrent. I'll give you the moral, uh, I'll give you the moral pass. I also totally understand why she feels that this means that she needs to police him more. But also, you know, we could police other men. (laughs) Just... Personally, I'm cap, but maybe maybe if she followed your advice, she could police him. Humanely. Reformed policing. <laughs> uh, She's trained on de-escalation of debt. I, that's one of those things where it's like, once you feel like you need to police somebody because they're so untrustworthy, that it's time to break up with them. Because, But also, you were saying this earlier, is there anything that he could spend $5,000 on of his own credit card line fucking over his family that you'd be okay with? Like, if he was, like, planning a really big surprise for her, where he, she, he was like, I know you've always wanted a horse in a stable in Vermont. No, but there's things that would make it less laughably, like, what a loser. If he was spending it on, like, medicine or something? Yeah, I don't know, or just, like, cool things instead of video games and books. Mm, like, swords. <laughs> that would actually be way cooler if he had a vintage <laughs> sword addiction. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if he was like really into like repairing his car or something, he's like, "Baby, I gotta get my like 1950 Chevy looking just right." You'd be you'd be like, "That's cool. Uh, it's cooler than video games and books. At least it's a hobby." Yeah, but if we're talking about like that's what a weird question. What name something that's cooler than video games and books? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about what is ex- acceptable versus unacceptable. Oh, nothing's acceptable. Yes, you can't lie to your wife unless you're right. Unless it was to plan her a big birthday bash surprise. Okay. They are both 30. They're at that big age. I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. Why are they trying to buy a house if he's in college and she's barely making ends meet? I don't know if that is my um, over-moralizing of uh, how unattainable the uh, American dream is, but like, yeah, maybe just uh, hold off for another uh, few years. Yeah, live in his dorm room with him. All right, I don't feel the need to uh, elongate this one. Do we have any funny advice for her? She should... Kill him, honey. I will say, if you want to go... If you want to, like, on the the alignment chart, go evil chaotic, what you need to do is, now that he has a history of doing this financially... Chaotic evil, it's it's definitely the syntax. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to go chaotic evil, open up a bunch of lines of credit in his name... And spend it on shit for yourself, and then divorce him. Ooh, nobody's gonna but believe then he can him. Can dispute that. those lines of credit. Those are boys who cried wolf right there. Nobody's gonna mm. believe him that you opened up those lines of credit to buy that shit for yourself. Okay, okay. Joe Biden forgave his student debt, baby. At least ten k of it, bruh. <laughs> can you imagine if Joe Biden debt, bruh? forgave <laughs> forgave credit card debt, which I don't think legally is possible because it's not yeah. like government debt. But that would be so yeah, funny how much it pissed people yeah. off. <laughs> I paid down my credit card debt. <laughs> All right, here's the advice from the Sugars. Cheryl Strayed coming out strong. 
Your husband committed what's referred to as financial infidelity, Spent Like sexual infidelity, the healing can't begin until the partner who committed the betrayal stops doing it. Your husband hasn't done that. He confessed to his secret debt, but not because he was ready to change, but because he knew it would soon be revealed. He apologized and carried on as before. Now he's lying to you and what he claims are false charges on your accounts, and he has also attempted to get more credit without your knowledge, presumably to accrue more debt, which is also how he got into this trouble to begin with. I can't discern from your letter whether or not your husband has a spending addiction, though it sounds like he might. What's clear is that he's still deceiving you about his spending. You're wise to take this breach as seriously as you're taking it. His actions have damaged more than your credit rating. They've damaged your trust. Wait, can I can I mention financial infidelity? Is every type of lying an infidelity? Then what, why do we need to add infidelity to that word? He lied about finances. It's really shitty. It's bad. Seems weird to call it a type of infidelity. That's just like a different thing. Does infidelity have an inherently sexual connotation to its definition? I always thought so. Does it not? I don't know. Uh, the first definition, when you Google it on dictionary.com, is the action of being unfaithful to a spouse or other sexual partner. Okay, well, I trust Google.com. And then the second definition is like the infidel definition, unbelief in a particular religion, especially Christianity. Mm. Uh, Why especially Christianity? I guess because I would think Islam with infidels would really fall under the infidelity. Nah, they haven't really broke through. (laughs) They haven't really broke through the uh, cultural uh, zeitgeist yet. Yeah, my husband's like, he never does uh, his half of the chores in the house. Yeah, that's um, that's housework infidelity. It's a very common sort of infidelity. Mm, that kind of sounds like the new wave. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> my husband, uh, he's like, a, he's got a little bit of road rage. Like, he'll honk a lot if there's a ton of traffic. Yeah, I get that's road infidelity. Very common. Hmm. Uh, yeah, my friend Paul said he was going to bring a nice wine to this event, and then he brought Charles Shaw. That's a uh, viticulture infidelity. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, okay, sure. Yeah, he committed he committed what it, financial infidelity. You know, I guess I did during the question conflate those two things as like the top two reasons people break up. So I guess I could see why there's a framework for it as being like it's similar to being sexually promiscuous to be financially promiscuous in a way that's <laughs> withheld from your partner but i don't know he's a real slut with his credit card he'll swipe he it was anywhere. he's buying a ps5 like he's supposed to be earning that ps5 <laughs> at his college that he attends <laughs> yeah there's plenty of raffles <laughs> there's plenty of freshmen you can beat up and take their ps5 from their dorm room yeah All right, do you want to hear from Steve Almond? I do. All right. By my count, your husband has struck out. Strike one was spending $5,000 he doesn't have. Strike two was racking up more charges recently. Strike three was seeking an increase in his credit line. In each case, he lied about his behavior. Strike four Four was at at his college's intramural baseball game. You don't get four strikes. No, out. that was his first strike at the baseball game, but it's Oh, yeah, I see. So it compounds, it compounds, it compounds, yeah. His fifth strike was when he was trying to like that match. His sixth strike was when he was in solidarity with the uh, railroad union. His seventh his strike, strike was, was that at that cigarette, boxing the gym. lucky strike. Okay, eighth strike was that cigarette brand, the lucky strike. <laughs> 
It's not just his credit that's in ruins at this point. It's his credibility. Woo! That's Woo! bars from Steve Allman. God damn. I didn't know he was going nutty on this. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's no way you can fully trust him again until he acknowledges his behavior and his lies. He's still minimizing this compulsion. He's still lying to you. No doubt because he's still lying to himself. You mustn't accept the position of policing him. That work belongs to him. Your job at this point is to make the boundary perfectly clear. You will no longer tolerate his deceit or his profligacy. Nice, right, some good, some good uh, vocab words in that one. Ballin' on a budget by buying my video games. On credit. All right. Well. All right. Take it home. Adrian, for my column... I have the pay dirt advice column on Slate. A lot of these would have worked for this uh, theme, but I decided to go with one from 2021. I struggled to pay our bills. My husband just bought his dream car. Sounds pretty cool. Dear pay dirt, I'm the breadwinner between my husband and I. I pay for over half of the ridiculously expensive rent. Hello, California. All of the utilities. The family car payment, childcare, and more and not even counting my massive student loans, which have been on forbearance the past year. I only have 10% of my check for other essentials like gas and groceries, which is not enough to really live off of. My husband pays the rest of the rent, child support for his first son, and a few other bills. We have, the, we have this arrangement because he says that I, who went to college, got a degree, and have a professional license, make significantly more than him. Therefore, I can afford to pay for more of the bills. He said that he just cannot afford to help me too much. Out of nowhere, he went and bought a third car, his dream muscle car. He said it wasn't my concern and that it's his money, so he's the one paying for it and that I don't need to worry about it. I was furious that he could buy his dream car, but I can't even save to get myself out of debt. How can I get him to see how unfair this whole situation is? I've already shown him spreadsheets with my budget and where exactly my entire check goes to every two weeks. He agreed to help me take over one or two of my bills, but mentioned multiple times that I need to cut costs and get rid of non-essential things. Jesus. We brought in two real loser dudes. Yeah, this guy's really balling on a budget, though. He's like, uh, you pay for everything and I get to buy toys with my money. Yeah, this guy sucks. No, no, no. He's a cool dude. He bought a third car? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one's for going places. The second one's for the The one's babes. for, like, mountain trips. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And he's got the muscle car. Is his dream muscle car, like, a uh, Toyota Prius, by any chance? Like, is that what it is? Or is it, like, actually a reasonable purchase? <laughs> I'm gonna assume it's, like, a Mustang or a... Uh... That was the first thing I was gonna say, but because I don't know anything about cars. So, <laughs> that's all I know is considered a muscle car. What's the definition of a muscle car? A lot of horse Because cars don't have muscles. I'll tell you what. Yeah, they also don't have horses, Adrian. These are, this is all language. Huh? Hmm? In English, doctor. They actually do have muscles. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. You don't know a lot about how cars work. I really don't. I can see why 50% of American marriages end in divorce. <laughs> why are these people even married? Like, what's, if you're not going to combine what? finances in your entire life, what, what, how is this different than dating? Hey, no, no, no. Don't knock my parents' way of doing things where they have separate finances. <laughs> but in this situation, I would be like, I, I would be like a, the average voter when Trump got elected and was like, let me see the tax returns. Like, let me see. It is so funny that he was like, you really got to cut back on non-essential spending. 
after she showed him her spreadsheet. That that's what makes it seem like oh he's not just a moron. He's like actively he's just like an active asshole. Yeah, he's yeah. actively trying to use her. I'm spending too much on my child support payment. <laughs> I'm just, there's no way this guy isn't avoiding child support payment or like lying about how much he gives. Yeah, I guess so, man. I don't know. Do you think this is one of those twist endings where like he's gonna pay for everything at the end? And he's like, I just wanted to make sure that like you like me for me and not for my money. Oh. This is a, like, he's a wealthy man, and he's just seeing that she's the ride or die. He's a Saudi prince. (laughs) Also, he's often doing trips to uh, Saudi Arabia, and he is a Saudi man, and he wears the turban, and also, he said he had to stay there for, like, three or four months after the Khashoggi killings. I don't really know why, but he said he was, like, in some hot water or something. I don't know what was going on. All I know is he said that his turban budget is his money, and so it's for him to worry about. It doesn't seem like they have any other kids, so I guess that makes things slightly easier and also easier to break up with him if you want to do that as a final solution. His argument is that because I went to college and got a degree and have a professional license, I make more than him. Like, why would you take that at face value? What a weird thing to take at face value from the person who you've pledged your life to. Yeah, it sounds like this woman is committing the sin of being too innocent. That is very annoying that she's just, like, buying this guy's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I pulled out my sh- spreadsheets and showed him everything, but he's saying he'll take one or two of the smaller bills. It's like, if he wants, if you guys want this situation where you're not co- combining finances, then pay half each. Like, this shouldn't be yeah. like a negotiation based on vibes of who should make more money. You think he saw the spreadsheet and he was like, fine, I'll pay for Spotify, even though we don't get the student discount. (laughs) Fine, I'll pay for Spotify, even though everybody knows that you've been ruining my algorithm. I don't listen to Shania Twain, but it's always putting in my daily lineup. You also ruin my Netflix, and they specifically give you different profiles so that you don't ruin my Netflix. Uh, yeah, this person seems... I don't know why I suspect like an age difference in this too, especially with the him already having a child, but I can't say that for sure. It it feels predatory in a way, but that seems like I'm reading way too into it. But I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a wacky one. I'll tell you what. It's it's a thing where why are you writing into an advice column about this when you're so clearly in the right? The last advice column we did was very similar to this, and you asked me what would be something that would be like a cooler thing to spend your money on if you were going to betray your wife than books and video games. This is the cooler mm-hmm. thing that he saved up for a muscle mm-hmm. car and just pulled it into the driveway like, babe, check this out. And she's like, I can't even afford food this month. Like, <laughs> He's just coming in and like, they see me rolling, they hating, <laughs> patrolling, they trying to catch me riding dirty. She looks like the woman from like the Grapes of Wrath movie, like coming out covered in dirt. And he's like, babe, check this out. Don't worry where it came from. It was inherited. It was an estate sale. <laughs> it's my money. What do you care? Um, this guy seems like, I know as much as the last guy seemed like a piece of shit, I had some amount of empathy for him, I guess, in some sense. This guy just fucking sucks, dude. Why is the theme of this episode that men are shit? <laughs> My sister sent me a text the other day about how her friend had to break up with her boyfriend because she found out that he was, like, sending nudes to a 15-year-old and exchanging nudes. And she was like, yeah, so that person was a pedophile. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. Y'all in Portland are keeping it weird. And she was like, no, men are being weird. And I was like, I don't know, man. I'm friends with a lot of dudes. None of them are exchanging nudes with underage girls, bro. I was like, it seems like this is a y'all thing. I know Dorley wants to avoid calling the police, but that seems like a situation where it might be a good idea to let the police know. Oh, no, she's doing she's doing her own investigation right now. 
okay, the nudes were one thing, but when he set her a carton of cigarettes, that's when I got angry. <laughs> <laughs> she is underage for those. You ready for the answer? I don't know if I'm ready for this answer. <laughs> I haven't heard uh, from Paydirt before. I would like you to sit your husband down with your spreadsheet of bills and ask him which costs he would like you to cut for you to be able to afford your dream car as well. No, but seriously. This inequity needs to stop. Your husband sounds very entitled, and he's using your higher income to his advantage. He isn't stressed out because his money isn't being affected. He's not seeing you as a financial partner, so why would he care? In newsflash, just because he had a kid with someone else doesn't mean he gets to skip out of childcare with you. Woo! I thought they didn't mention children. Yeah, that's... I, I don't get... Is she calling her his child, like... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Age difference. I would suggest that you and your husband combine your incomes in a joint bank account, then create a new budget together. He can help decide which costs and non-essential things should be cut from the budget to help pay for childcare and other essentials you're shouldering. You have debt too, and the student loans are something you brought into this marriage, just like his child support. Was your I've always said that I kind of I kind of view my PhD as my little uh my what what's the version of a fur baby for a PhD my paper baby <laughs> yeah and I mean the fact that you shoved it up your urethra to pull it back out just kind of helps to strengthen that argument you know where babies come from Paul you don't have a vagina so I just had to come up with like the closest analog closest analog to the vagina would be the butthole is the armpit oh that makes sense mm-hmm because it kind of looks like it if you zoom in really close with the camera. I've tricked a few guys on Omegle before. And women. And NPs. They them types. <laughs> With your money combined, you're both invested in how it gets spent and can both decide as a team what to spend moving forward. If he refuses, then you may have to look into other ways to divide bills. Perhaps even framing it to him that your loans are your own fancy car payments. Stand your ground, you are on the right, and you deserve more support. Yeah, get uh, get split wise, bro. And then also stand your ground, do an Andrew Zimmerman, shoot your husband. <laughs> oh, that's what she meant. Okay, I like that advice much more now that I realize she meant shoot him. I thought she was very tame and I felt like the husband seemed much more entitled than she was letting on. Like she was like giving this practical advice that's like, yeah, that would work if he was not an asshole. But like, yeah, by all evidence, he's an asshole. Sometimes we jump on people for being too like break up with him honey straight from the front but like this is too generous so generous the financial yeah. stuff gets me in a different way because these people seem so entitled that it seems like they're not in it to work with you can i ask you a question paul do you consider this to be financial infidelity <laughs> well i did just learn that word and yes no I he didn't lie about anything did he that's not he infidelity. lied about how much he's making maybe relative to her but, but, i mean it seems like that he's been pretty vague about everything you think that he actually was just like eating rice and beans every day and then like was refusing to turn the ac on i guess he didn't pay for power so it doesn't matter but like just doing all that and saved 100k in a few years <laughs> to get his perfect muscle car yeah to get the down payment on that car. Maybe you're right and she is stupid and he just bought like a very reasonable Honda and she's like, it's a muscle car. She doesn't She doesn't know what cars are. <laughs> she's like, it's a Mini Cooper. Come on. It looks like a sports car. It's only got two seats. It's a Hot Wheels a car. A third car. I love the, just the small detail that it's a third car. Mm. He has a third car. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Now that I think about it, these guys are probably Latinos. Because I think two of those probably don't work and are just sitting outside of the front, <laughs> just broken down. And it's like, people are walking by and they're like, why is the ratio of cars to people in that house like five to one? <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into the third segment? 
I guess if we gotta. So what we're doing is balling on a budget. And when you're balling on a budget, you gotta buy cheap. You gotta make good deals. You gotta be thrifty. And where do you do that You gotta online? be able to pick out the deals. eBay. And so me and Adrian are gonna test each other's ability to pick out a good deal by giving each other two competing products. And you gotta pick the better deal. You gotta spend your money wisely. So you gotta pick the cheaper product. And mm-hmm. I'll just add that, like, we should try to give a general range along with that. Oh, okay, cool. All right, yeah, you can do that. Uh, Adrian, I also themed my product so you want to do it jeopardy style where we pick our categories uh sure what's the list okay would you like to try to price items that were owned by celebrities life-sized spooky and occult products things you would wear or wild card products things i would wear for 500 alex okay so i will send you a screenshot of both these products Okay, so we have men's real crocodile leather jacket, made to measure, luxury handmade jacket. And we also have Halloween female fox dog fursuit mascot costume, furry cosplay fancy dress outfit. Wait, it's a fox dog? Yeah, it's vague. Can you describe that image for us? Because it is a very sexualized image of a sexy fox lady. I mean, part of it's blurred out. Um, yeah. If if I would, if you want to look up Zootopia Rule Thirty Four, I think you'd get most of it. It's a fox in a humanoid shape with big old, well, actually, pretty reasonably sized bazongas. It's not even like a Naruto, like Tsunade type thing. It's like a pretty reasonable sized breast. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks good. Looks good. And honestly, I don't know why yeah. the it, it, yeah. And the crocodile thing is kind of ugly. It's silver. It's kind of tight on the guy that's modeling it it's uh just his basic zip up kind of looks like a leather jacket but with the texture of crocodile which i, I don't really like that so i know which one i like better I, I know which one's cheaper which by far the furry custom-made suit has to be cheaper um my assumption for prices i'm gonna assume based on what i know from weird internet culture stuff that like a full furry suit is maybe gonna cost you like three thousand and the crocodile is gonna cost you like six thousand all right. Well, you're a little bit off, but you did guess which one was cheaper. The crocodile custom leather jacket is going to cost you three thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, so four thousand. Mm. And the fursuit, you're going to get for a reasonable three hundred twelve dollars and fifty-nine cents. Damn, that's really that's cheap. Yeah, you could buy it now for that price if you want the link, Adrian. I'll send it your way. All right, please do. All right, so that's one point for Adrian. All right, Playboy, do you want uh, media collectibles, miscellaneous? every day i'll go miscellaneous let me get your wild card all right i kind of have two wild cards to be honest but here we go paul do you want ten thousand six week week old crickets <laughs> shipped to your door <laughs> so if you want to know six week old is like the most mature so you're getting a full inch out of each cricket or and i'll send you the uh screenshot of this um for you to judge the crickets are just crickets so that's you know what crickets look like feel like I know how much this costs, or I've heard the number before, because there was a guy who got arrested for buying a pack of crickets like that and releasing them in New York, and he got literally, like, got arrested for a biohazard thing, like he did it as a Twitch so, prank. this is taking inspiration from the, the, the thing that I got this idea from, which... One of the things that they got early on was a thing of crickets. And so they started using that as the unit of measurement for money. So they'd be like, I think this next thing is worth two things of crickets. <laughs> and that's kind of the ongoing joke. So that's why I brought it in. Um, but yeah, so this is 10,000 six week old crickets. And then one of the jokes that the person said was like, 
when they were introducing the item was like, how much would it cost to release a bio plague onto whatever place you want to? So exactly what you were saying about the uh, the pranker. Um, and so this next item is a small haunted paranormal creepy village, creepy vintage Nora doll cursed malevolent evil. This is Nora. This is the only one that has this long of a description. We, we, but I wait, like wait, wait. Can to... I ask you, is the seller's name, because we might have brought in the same seller, is the seller's name Farewell Gift Shop? No, it isn't. So this is the only one that has like a real active description. One of the things that they say before I read this description is um, they mentioned that it might take a little bit of time for spooky things to happen to you if you buy the doll, which I think is super funny. Um, but the description is... This is Nora, only eight inches tall, cursed by a malevolent spirit. Nora is an elderly 80-year-old woman that was killed in her home by an intruder, and she is angry and acts out accordingly. Nora, Nota was the uh, <laughs> misspelling, is a highly active doll. She's been known to cause headaches and nausea. Uh, has been known to cause a feeling of not being able to breathe. She was smothered. She also experienced lights flickering, unknown, unknown noises, whispering, and cold spots. May cause a strong feeling of being watched. You may help her decrease her anger by giving her a small token and lighting a white candle. I do keep her under lock and key in a highly active room due to the amount of haunted dolls I have. I saw a number of these haunted dolls on eBay, and I will go ahead and spoil I have one of them in my list. Why are people buying haunted dolls? Why do people actively want to be haunted? <laughs> cool right or are they giving them out as gifts and not telling the people that they're haunted and that's a great white elephant gift it's a curse i think the ten thousand crickets that seems like i don't know i'm gonna assume a cricket's like pennies six weeks old pennies on the dollar um so i'm gonna say assuming every cricket's like cricket lives matter 15 cents i'm gonna say that's around like a thousand five hundred dollar range Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think the doll is probably like these haunted dolls I've seen go for a good amount. Uh, it really depends on the uh, page you're on. I'll say this one is it's a tiny doll. Like you can see it's up against a Ouija board. It's really tiny. I'll say this one's like in the $200 range. So I think the doll's a better deal. All right, Polly boy, give yourself a point on the board. The doll is a better price. You were pretty far off on the prices. Um, the haunted doll is twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Very affordable on any budget. You can get a creepy doll. Um, Ten thousand six week old crickets is two forty nine. It was the most expensive package you could buy of crickets on eBay. Oh shit! Cool. Yeah. Very affordable. All right. Well, let me send you my pick. Or wait, wait. You got to tell me what uh, which theme do you want? Um, we have owned by celebrities, life size, spooky, owned and by occult. celebrities. Ooh, okay, owned by celebrities. So wait, are we counting as an extra point if you get into the price range correctly? No, that's just for fun. Oh my god, one oh, of okay. these was already sold. <laughs> god damn. One of these was sold since I found it. Sounds like it must have been pretty affordable. Okay, that's incredible. Oh, so we have the winning bid too this time. So we have the very official price, not just like a range. Mm. Okay, well let's start with the one that was sold then. Big Relics. St. John the Baptist. Peter, Paul... AP Elizabeth, Zachariah, and it comes with a document of authentication. But wait, what is it? Do you know what a relic is? Oh, no, I don't what I don't know what I mean, a, a general relic. A relic that. is a part of a saint's body. Oh, is it like his peen or something? No, just any part of their body, bone, hair, tissue. Mm. So this this how, is, how do you authenticate that? This is a 5 for 1 deal. This package I sent you has 5 it is a pretty small image, but it has five what looks like pieces of bones to me. Mm. 
from from those people St. John the Baptist Peter Paul Elizabeth Zachariah and I will say when I was looking at it it was substantially cheaper than what it sold for the price really went up in the last couple hours owned by celebrities who's the next celebrity on here the next one is rare signed autograph Paul Newman's own saccharini pasta sauce so we have a bottle of pasta sauce Paul Newman's pasta sauce signed by Paul Newman I feel like this is a red herring. I feel like the uh, the relic has to be cheaper. I think the relic is maybe worth two thou, and maybe the Newman's own signed spaghetti jar is saccharoni jar. What is saccharoni? Saccharoni? I don't know what type of pasta sauce saccharoni pasta is. I was just wondering if it like contains saffron or like a really expensive spice, and that adds to the price. <laughs> it says signed by Paul in, in my presence before his death. The sauce is very old and not for consumption. <laughs> Oh, it's before his death. Okay, yeah. I think the pasta sauce is probably worth 4000 So I'm going to go for the relic. Five for one deal. That's also how to be frugal. I will say, you got the idea there perfectly, but you did not get the point. It was supposed to be a trick, but the relic sold for more than it was placed at initially. So the you relic initially- So wait, I would have- So an hour ago, I would have gotten this- Yeah. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Initially, the relic was $800 uh, when I picked it, but it is now, it has sold for $1,455. I shouldn't have put that bit in. <laughs> but Paul Newman's pasta sauce is still asking for the $1,000. Oh, my God. All right, all right. You're ahead, you're ahead. All right, so you still have... You have media, you have Battle of the Dragons, you have collectibles... And you have another miscellaneous. Collectibles. Collectibles. Okay, what was that? Battle of the Dragons, Media, Collectibles. Oh, okay. So I've got pictures for both of these. Um, so just a quick description. Actually, I want to see what your idea of this is before I tell you what these are. So that's your first one. Here's your second one. Mm, that's Any a idea what these are? I think are? that's a Cheeto that happens to look like a celebrity. And so that's why it's rare and pricey the second one is a cheeto that looks like i don't know what the second cheeto is supposed to look like maybe a face of jesus oh the first one is a cross and the second one is the face of jesus all right so the first one is a jesus christ shaped cheeto extra 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 hot the second one is a drake owl logo rare hot cheeto <laughs> so which one do you think is least expensive and which one are you going for I mean, I think the owl has to be less expensive than Jesus. Come on. I mean, I know Drake fans are crazy. And I'm going to say that the owl one is 80 bucks and the Jesus one is 150. Okay, so you have Jesus as the more expensive one? Yeah. All right. Paul, you're correct. Yes. The Drake one is cheaper. Uh, the Drake one is selling for a measly $1,200. <laughs> The Jesus one is selling for a measly $15,000 on eBay. Hey, the Jesus one, I could tell what it was supposed to be before you told me. Yeah, yeah, no, you're I right. I guess seeing right. Jesus and foods is very common, so it's obviously what I was going to guess, but... Yeah, that's kind of how I looked for it, yeah. Incredible. What the fuck, man? That owl one looks like nothing. It's a blob. It literally <laughs> looks like nothing, dude. I fucking... I Actually, I had this argument once... Uh, at a lab social where we were talking about puffed Cheetos versus regular Cheetos. So anyway, someone in my lab was like, oh, I like 
Puff Cheetos better. I think they're better. And I was like, yeah, but the thing about Puff Cheetos is there's a 0% chance you're going to get one that looks like Jesus. When you open up a bag of Cheetos, everyone's a fucking like raffle, dude. Like you can find a Jesus Cheeto in any bag. And I think that's beautiful, man. That is kind of beautiful. Of regular Cheetos. Yeah. Okay, Adrian, would you like life-sized, spooky into cult or wild card? Give me that wild card, baby. So first up, I have vintage Sony KV-209-3R retro gaming 20-inch CRT television. Mm. It looks like any television you'd see at a friend's house, like in their bedroom or something. Like it looks like a TV you would have bought for your kid. Like in the 90s, yeah. And then the other one we have is, is the deer and elk antler handmade furniture. And it's a rocking chair made out of deer and elk antlers. That looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> There's so many spiky points. <laughs> yep. I'm going to go for my balling on a budget. The deer and antler thing is cheaper. The TV is more expensive. The deer and antler thing. I'm going to say that guy's probably country bumpkin selling it for like 900 bucks. The TV is like a vintage weird rare thing. So it's selling for like $1,800. Adrian, I'm sorry. You got the logic wrong. I was supposed to think that electronic things are more expensive. I was like, it's got transistors. It's got <laughs> miracles of technology. The deer and elk antler furniture is being put up for a starting bid of $1,500. Damn. I wasn't too far off. And the vintage TV is selling for $400. And I will say, I don't think that's supposed to be an unfair price for people who play uh, retro... Old video games? All retro video games, but specifically Super Smash Bros. Something about how the frames play on a CRT TV is like more accurate played on original GameCube, and it really matters to them. That's the nerdiest bullshit I've ever heard. I, I, anyone who thinks that should go die. <laughs> Alright, do you want media, collectibles, or miscellaneous? Miscellaneous. Uh, so no pictures for you. I, I could find it, but you, you get what this is. We have a Mario Bros. arcade machine by Nintendo from 1983. Excellent condition. Rare. And then you have a life-size Queen Elizabeth II movie wax statue realistic prop display figure one-to-one. -one. That one's hard. I'm going to say that the arcade game probably like... The thing is, there's still a real market for those because the arcades open up nowadays, like barcades, and they want to put Mario yeah. in there. So there's probably a very real market with very real set prices, so they can't go, like, wildly absurd, like, hey, you know, like, people know what it's worth. They can't just be like, oh, it's 500000 or something stupid. So I'm going to say it probably sells for, like, 2500 It's a game, one, that every new barcade or every new arcade wants to have in their store, now, you said Queen Elizabeth Wax statue was number two? It's just her bust. Yeah. Oh, just her bust. Realistic prop display figure one-to-one. -one. Realistic one-to-one. -one. It's made by a movie company, if that... Ooh, sometimes those can get pricey. Also, I just wanted to say rest in piss to the queen. I'm going to say that that one is going right now for a premium because of her death. I will say that that's going to be like... There are 10 available. Ooh, Okay. Okay, $800. The bust is cheaper. The cheaper one is the Mario Bros. Arcade for $3,689. The life-size Queen Elizabeth II movie wax statue, realistic prop display, figure one-to-one. -one. 
is $15,900. Get the fuck out of here. I know. That's what I said to the guy. I messaged him. <laughs> the British are out of control. Just <laughs> Turf Island and Idiot Island. Okay, Adrian, you have Spooky and Occult and Life Sized. Wait, how do I have three more? I only have one more for you. Oh, Spooky and Occult. Oh, no, one I have two category. more for you. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Uh, spooky and Occult and Life Size. Let's do uh, Spooky and Occult. I want to see what that, uh, what that doll do. Okay. Okay. We'll start with the doll. Uh, mine also has a story behind it. This listing is under Real Haunted Doll, Found in Cemetery. Okay, at least the doll I picked was cute. Yours is, like, just trash. <laughs> Active was removed from a grave. Beware, ghost emoji. My name is Benjamin, and I'm the owner of the Haunted Doll And I'm Museum. here to say... I collect and own haunted dolls from all around the world. Welcome to my shop. I purchase and rehome haunted dolls and items from all around the world. The paranormal have always been a huge part of my life. And uh, da, 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 da. This particular doll was sold to me years ago after being found in a local cemetery. The doll was originally found just randomly sitting in a man's grave. The family of the deceased man had no idea how the doll got there. The man did not have much family or friends either, so the doll on the grave was quite mysterious. The family removed the doll from the grave and threw it away. They didn't think any more about it and left the cemetery. One year later, the family returned to the cemetery to visit the man's grave. To the family's shock and horror, the doll was back on the man's grave and in a different position. The family was horrified. He was in cowgirl. (laughs) And decided to take the doll this time. They took some pictures of the grave, then quickly left the cemetery to head home. The family discussed the scary situation. They could not believe what they had witnessed. When the family arrived home, many weird things started to happen, and it went on for weeks. The family could hear unknown footsteps, giggling, and tapping coming from upstairs. Nobody else was physically there. Lights would randomly start going off by themselves. Water faucets would turn on, and without assistance, the family would be awoken at night to a man humming and grunting in their basement. Yada, 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 yada. They started trying to communicate with the doll spirit using a pendulum and spirit board. The answers and responses they received back were unbelievable. The family quickly learned all about the new spirit that had entered their lives. They learned his name is Christopher. He died when he was only 17, and the spirit inhabits the doll. Christopher chose this doll as his personal vessel and is now his home forever. Christopher explained to the family that his intentions were never to scare anyone with his activity. He simply wanted attention and to be noticed. After communicating with it for a couple weeks, they decided they wanted their old life back. So they gave Christopher away and they found this guy and his creepy doll museum and gave it away. And now he's selling it on eBay. What a life lived. And what's my other option? Okay. And your other option is this one is definitely one you have to see because I I honestly like I hate looking at it. It physically creates revulsion in my heart. Why are you just sending me a selfie? Of you? Good Uno reverse card, Paul. Wait, this? Yeah, I hate it. It's like, it's just the right mixture of creepy, but also kitschy, where you're like, oh, like an actually insane person would own this because it's so gross looking and how poor quality it is. It is disgusting, yeah. I think, I don't know, I feel like your brain works in the way that you want that to be the more expensive So let me, uh, antique doll... Why are you trying to psychoanalyze me? And the description explains that there's an artist named Amari Montigny Bergman from Italy who hand creates everything that goes into these boxes. You can ask for any sort of special customization like color or energy that you want to put in the box and he handcrafts and decorates them. One of those seems easier to produce than the other. And sends them out. 
You can customize anything you want on our menu based on vibe or energy or feel or based on like cook method. And you are getting it from Italy, from an artisan gross bullshit Ooh, creator. From Italy. Also, he makes them with eco-sustainable and recycled materials. Uh, I feel like you're pushing me in the other direction now. I feel like that's the cheap one where it's surprisingly reasonable and you've already ordered six of them <laughs> for the Christmas break. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the customizable box thing is 600 I think the haunted doll is uh, fifteen hundred. I'm sorry, Adrian. You've gotten it wrong again. The haunted you doll, son of a bitch, is a better deal at a thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. I got really close to the price though. And the antique doll, rare oak, like Satan set, handcrafted in Italy, is three thousand one hundred and ninety nine dollars. God damn it! I think I'm out. I think I've lost it. All right. Do you want a dragon versus dragon or media? Dragon versus dragon. All right. So no need for pictures here, Paul. I already know that you know what these things look like. What I have for you today is a Charizard base set Japanese holographic number 006 Pokemon card. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's going up against a Yu-Gi-Oh! Blue Eyes White Dragon SKE 001 First Edition Ultra Rare. I gotta go with Pokemon on this one because I know it's had the resurgence re recently, and those are both the two most like identifiable, the two most identifiable cool guy dragon one that every kid wants. So I assume like as far as like fandoms caring about it at an emotional level, they're about equal. But since the Pokemon fandom is having a moment right now, I guess Yu-Gi-Oh is too, but not you don't hear about it mentioned as much as Pokemon. Yeah, I don't think they have a new series going on, or maybe they do, but I don't know. I also feel like Pokemon's a little older and probably had less first editions. So, I'm gonna go gut based on all those things. Pokemon, Charizard. Is it cheaper? Oh, wait, uh, I guess that would be more expensive. Yeah, sorry, I was uh, mis-saying it. I guess the uh, Blue-Eyes White Dragon would be the cheaper of the two at $4,000. And I think the Pokemon one would be closer mm -hmm. to the $8,000 range. Okay. Uh, this is one where... Maybe I should have sent you a picture so you could inspect it with your like really collector eye. I don't know what the difference is between the ones that sell for like $100,000 and the ones that are shown here are. But I found these on eBay. Blue Eyes White Dragon, $149. First edition. Charizard, $145. So yeah, I don't know what the deal is. If they're like from a different set, that's the wrong set. Damn it, I got like, it wrong. The holographic's the wrong type, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, the uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon was more expensive. Fuck! It said ultra rare in the title, man. Fuck, man. And now I gotta do life-sized? Yeah, that's your last one. All right. Okay, so, yeah, so we have a life-sized ET prop. The listing calls it Rare VTG Hasbro ET Extra Terrestrial 1980s Life-Sized Toy Box and Hamper Figure. Oh, it's a hamper. So you're supposed to put your clothes in there? I They didn't have any pictures with it open, so I wasn't 100% sure. But I also was wondering if they were, like, referencing the scene where he's behind the hamper in the closet. Like, it's a hamper figure. Like, it's supposed to, like, recreate uh, that see. scene. I see his hands are, like, kind of, like, have gang signs on them as if he's doing, like, a ninjutsu. And this one, it might be a little helpful to you if I read the description because the person seems very proud of this. 
The thing is crazy rare and pretty amazing condition as well. It does have a few spots here and there, but overall it's extremely clean. I think I have the only one on eBay that has the original paint untouched on his eyes. Everyone else's looks repainted and poorly so. <laughs> his head does come off and will be removed for shipping. Let me know if you're interested in picking him up and I will leave his head put together for you. Ooh, so am I doing pickup price or am I doing shipping price? For none of these, I've been adding shipping, so uh, pick a price, just the price listed okay. on eBay. And then we have Willie Nelson, life-size dummy, guitar, famous singer, celebrity, American handmade. And it's a big life-size recreation of Willie Nelson. It doesn't look like wax. Let me see if I can figure out what it was made out of. No, it's made out of human skin. Willie's actual life-size double, one-of-a-kind work of art, approximately weighs 15 pounds, 5'8 with shoes on. The price reflects okay. just a portion of the time and work I've put into him. Consider it an investment you will have years of fun with. Handmade in America. Years of fun? <laughs> Willie can Wait, and what's the price? Willie can stand posed by the hanging... I can't tell you the price. I thought I was going to get you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Willie can stand posed by the hanging loops located below his neck. However, it's best to let him sit as he gets older. His hair is a mix of real and synthetic. Gross. Oh my god, I don't like any of this. Um, I'm gonna say... Okay, so this person really hits home how rare this is, but the other one seems like a one-of-a-kind. But also, one-of-a-kind means you have nothing to base it off of, so it could just be anything. Like, you have to, like, base it off materials and stuff, and how much does this actually cost? I'm gonna go... Willie Nelson is 2000 I'm gonna go E.T. is 4000 I'll say good job on the pricing. I, I would have never known how to price either of these. You you did get it wrong. E.T. is slightly Jack. cheaper at $2,500, while Willie oh, Nelson is $2,600. Okay, so we both did the same thing like I did with the Charizard <laughs> and the Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yeah. They were basically the same price. Okay. God damn it. The Willie Nelson, I don't know if we got the this across to the audience, has one of the creepiest faces I've ever seen. He's like posed behind a mural that looks nice but then you zoom in and you're like holy shit that's like his face is literally so fucked up it really bothers it's so me soulless yeah it's just so yeah i'm pretty sure fan. this is haunted too we could we could sell it for more for being haunted two five nine 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 god damn you can buy him oh there's pictures of him with other people <laughs> you can it on a park bench <laughs> if you buy him you you hear from your basement people just going austin city limits I don't know Willie Nelson, so I don't know that, but okay. Paul, you ready for your last one? Yes. What's the score right now? I feel like I'm getting bodied right now. Uh you you've only got you've got one of five. So I've definitely won. Yeah, and you've gotten one two of five. Two of five. This is a very hard Wait. game, we've learned. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I don't think like you need like run away with it. Um, I, I, you can. I doubled you your one. score. Alright. Um this is media. So what you have here are two items, uh, a rare Disney The Little Mermaid VHS 1989 Black Diamond Edition band cover with the penis on it, mm. or Chicken Little, the Japanese original dub VHS new unused. Unless you're trying to trick me, there's no way that the Chicken Little shouldn't be less money. So I'm going to go with that. The Chicken Little Japanese original dubbing VHS is worth 
$350 new unopened. The rare Disney The Little Mermaid VHS 1989 Black Diamond Edition band cover, $500. I was right. There you go. Falling on a budget. Honestly, I would way rather watch Chicken Little than... Japanese Zach Braff, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't do this all on my own. No, I know. I'm no Goku, man. Nani! <laughs> okay, big fact, no cap, and get out of here. Yeah, uh, I, can we big fact that I tripled your score on this game? No, why would, that's not a big fact. That's a very little fact. Okay, um, big fact. Charles Shaw? I mean, like, unless in, in your life that's a big fact, which in which case I would consider that really sad, I guess. But, like, if that's a big fact for you, you know, speak your hey, truth. You, why are you so mean to me, man? I'm just having, I'm just happy that, like, I finally got to, like, have fun with a friend and I got to, like, for once in my, like, I don't win often, man. You know? I feel like we win pretty equally. It's just like, it's just like, man, it's just, you know, it's been a tough couple weeks for me. There's been a lot going on. And this was just like... You saw Father John Misty last night, man. You're on the top of the world. To see, Adrian, with everything I've been going through, honestly, to get to spend some time with a friend and just get a little bit of, like, you know, get to feel good about myself. Like, I finally got to win something. It felt really good. And now you're taking it away from me and you're calling me little. And in order to let your candle shine, you had to blow mine out. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think we can admit we were both in the wrong. I don't like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, Adrian, let's, let's not let this devolve into a The Sugars situation from the New York Times. <laughs> Someone play the succession theme right now. We're going into it. Big fact. Charles Shaw, it's a great podcast and wine. Charles Shaw, number one wine with podcast in time. My big fact. I mean, Adam Smith said it himself, man. Everything's only worth what people are willing to pay for it. Hey, we don't fuck with that sort of economics. What did Mark say about value? Well, what did Mark he had say some about different things balling to say, on a budget? I don't... Yeah, he had less cool things to say about balling on a budget. <laughs> Mark failed to consider what it was like trying to ball on a budget. I'm just a big bank baller on a budget. Dank weed smoking like bucket. City slick a country nigga repping straight from Kentucky. Horseshoes are repping paws, flaws, and chicken claws for the lucky. 40 clovers, Range Rovers, Civic Novas, tailpipes rusted. Country cooking, dog fighting, big body riding. Chilling like a mug in Western Kentucky, showing love. Summertime, a funner time, smoking gunner time, sitting sprat and something dark, having uh, a drunken time. Okay, watch how the folk folk ball, stomp through the mall in my overalls, the black ball. No page and no cell phone, no access at all. Just a pack of Dutch masters and a pint of alcohol. Poop there, rubber band crew like Boots said, you down perm. Fuck up, fade, let my hearse sway back and forth like a germ. Ill nigga with sick shit, pull out this and stick it in the stick chick. Baby mama drama, down to poor court, it ain't worth the risk. Fuck you know about the bad rules. Control. What you know about the lack bro? 